0: Welcome to the Chasing Passion Podcast. My name is Dom and I'm your host. Each week, I bring on a passionate person to help you discover your own passion in life and how to begin pursuing it. Thanks for spending some time with me today and let the episode begin. Welcome to another episode of the Chasing Passion Podcast. This week's guest is Jack Smith and he has recently published his own novel which is called If the Cloud Should Burst and this can be purchased on Amazon. The novel is... Aimed towards teenagers and young adults who are dealing with the pressures of society and that society is placed upon them, as well as showing the dangers of media, the power of empathy, and what true effective climate change might look like if we continue to ignore it. In this episode, we talk about Jack's process in writing the book, what actually made him write the book in the first place, and we also discuss some interesting views on climate change. So, once again, you can purchase the book on Amazon. And the title of the book is If the Cloud Should Burst. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode and without further ado, let's get right into the episode. Jack, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. So I guess the first question I want to ask you is who you are, like who's Jack Smith? Uh, can you tell us a little bit about, about yourself? Okay, I, I'm from Wexford.
1: Mm-hmm. I study English English in Trinity College Dublin. Uh, I recently published a novel on e- ebook. So not exactly where I want to be, but um it's 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 going pretty well, sale to good. Mm. Um I, I was it I went to CBS, same as yourself, and yeah, um I guess that's
0: it, yeah. Yeah. And about this book, so what actually made you start the book, start writing the whole book process? Like what made you what was the initial spark in the book, I guess? Like why did um, you write it? I I've always been interested in writing and just
1: reading and that sort of thing and i i was originally doing science in trinity Mm. and i decided it wasn't really for me Mm. so i went to do i went to find what i wanted to do and i settled on english and i didn't want to do it without really making sure this time that it was for me so i was like i'm going to try just a small project I settled on a graphic novel for kids because I draw as well and I was fairly confident that it would be like an easy beginner like maybe not publish it I just wanted to do something so I picked the most basic concept I could think of just take everything and put it in the sky you know kids love when you just put some sort of magical twist on reality Mm. and so that's where I kind of started and then I was like all right I have to look at the technology the science behind this I started in research and then that's when I started doing like climate change research research and I realized how bad things really are. And I was like, I could probably I could do something for kids to introduce them to the concept because it's it's kind of it's very niche. Adults are saying it doesn't exist. Young people are saying it's the most important issue in the world right now and it is. Mm. And it's very hard to For younger kids, like, who do you trust? Do you trust your older brother? Do you trust your parents? You know, so I was like, I want to do something that would be useful. And so, yeah, I started doing more research. I kind of changed the bracket I was looking for. I changed it from younger kids to about secondary school kind of level. And then it just kind of propelled itself from a graphic novel into just a standard novel, maybe a novella. And then I just kept writing, kept researching, and it turned into the book that it is.
0: And what is the actual book about? And I uh, I know it's pretty hard to summarize, but like if you do if I'll you do could summarize best. it, like you yeah. Know, okay. In a brief kind of synopsis, uh what would
1: I uh, the protagonist is a seventeen year old named Ava Pinari, and she is the daughter of a great scientist. They live in Dublin. Uh, her mother is originally of India mm. and it's set in the year 2035 where climate change has been as ignored as it is today. A little bit's been done, not enough. And the whole equator is just desert. It's, it's destroyed. People are living in unbelievable poverty. And so people around the world, there's world peace because there's, it's the really way it's going to go to like find a solution. And, they are trying to find out what they can really do to solve this problem. So she creates a, going just going aside from like all this all the sciencey part. She basically creates a way to sustain energy in uh, large engines built underneath Dublin in the sky, and just basically pulls the whole city above. It because there's more space in the sky once you like bring it up, you can create land masses. And I know it's very fantastical, but just go with it. Um, and the city, its population has increased to ten million. Hmm. Uh, the space below the crater left behind is used as farming area to create crops to help the underdeveloped countries who are struggling for food to help boost their economies and help maybe save what little is left. Um, you have, uh, you have like artificial weather trying to basically maintain the earth and take a step back and just let it heal itself because natural healing is the only way that's going to really, it's going to be the slowest, but it's really the only way forward. Like without humans, the earth would just fix itself like that. It would, it would take no time at all. Right. We are the problem. Mm. And that is highlighted very, very strongly. And yeah, then it's a very, very, ridiculous plan so it's implemented in dublin just dublin and it's given five years it's taken 10 years to develop and then five years just to see how it runs and the book starts when it's a week away from that five-year period being over and things are looking up other countries have already started their own programs to propel their own cities and it's look it's looked at as you know a haven it the people who are have been uh, distraught over climate change who have actually done nothing because it's the larger countries that caused this and it's the the smaller more under underdeveloped countries that have suffered they then people they're brought into these cities as immigrants but not as immigrants as nationals they're the the uh the only language spoken is english everybody does english and that is that's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of irish people that in Dublin city irish is not spoken at all the cultural identity has been robbed and it's it's a small price to pay really but the book centralizes around that whole struggle with who you are what's happening it's all so fast but it's also necessary and some people can't really wrap their head around it a lot of people have been misplaced It there's so many people like there's only five hundred thousand people living in Dublin and I've brought it up to ten million. There's obviously going to be a few people that have their lives have been not exactly ruined, but they have been. Yeah, you know they're they're worse off, and so yeah. Sorry, the book begins where there's a week left. Ava, her mother is in other countries helping them set up their new societies, and she learns of a plot against the city where it's a group that have been misplaced and they feel that they've been wronged unjustly and they create a plan to basically stop the whole project right before the five years are complete they're trying to gain publicity they're trying to show everybody that this is not the way forward and Ava in her own way she tries to protect her mother's vision and her and her friends because the prime minister the government they won't listen because they're under a lot of scrutiny from other countries who are watching them mm. and making sure that they don't slip up that nothing's wrong because if the little thing is wrong people will just be like oh it didn't work we mm. need to try something else so the government won't help so ava she and her friends have to basically stop this uprising and that's basically the whole plot of the movie 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 it will be a movie uh, soon i mean movie (laughs) soon i'm I'm looking forward to the movie
0: yeah i mean i think it's absolutely amazing what you did because like climate change is such a big problem and like it's not just a novel it's just not it's not not a normal fantasy novel it's really about a cause and how you can actually help the cause by Mm. disguising into this story which i absolutely love and i'm curious to know how did you actually like begin writing the book so like when was the aha kind of moment that i knew oh i'm gonna write this book like did that ever happen to you or it did i remember i was in
1: first year right and i was just in my apartment with a few friends and i was saying that like i wanted to do something other than my course because they were getting a bit tired of me ranting about my course how it wasn't (laughs) for me how i was gonna stick it out and all of this so they were like just do something else and i was like okay like i was trying to decide on what to do and i was i wanted to do english so i was like okay i'm going to to do something with this and Mm. they were like just do like a comic or something start simple and i was like that's a little too simple so i was like okay graphic novel let's go and they were like okay what's your concept and i was like just put things in the sky and they were all like you know just just go for it just write it so i just took out my laptop and i started writing i did like a script kind of like a movie script where it was just dialogue and placements and all that kind of stuff because like it's a graphic novel you do not you don't have to do too much description it's all in your head you draw mm. it you put it on the page and so i just started with that and it was just a script i only got so far i think i only got like a chapter in i did it all in one day because i was like i've i i'm going to drop this if i don't do enough that i'm going to guilt myself into doing it later because the most difficult part about something like that is just starting just starting yeah, yeah. so if you just start it's it sounds ridiculous but like the easiest way to start is just to start it's going to be terrible i've spent two years at this i've done four different drafts i've gotten people to edit it for free because i'm broke and it's really it's really come together but the first draft if i'm so glad i don't have it because it would be it it was laughable it Mm. was nowhere near what i wanted it to be and yeah i'm really
0: happy with it now And how long did you say it took you two years to write the book? Two years, yeah. And like how much time did you spend writing this book each day? Like what was your kind of process? Did you like wake up in the morning, right, I need to do three hours of writing, then I'm going to take a break, then do another three hours. Like what was the process in writing the book? at,
1: At the beginning, I went so far and then I was like, I need to just stop because I had no research. I was kind of just going on hearsay. And for a book that depends so much on research and actually what things might look like in the future you Mm. have to you have to try to at least look up things talk to people who know and that sort of thing like that was a big problem when i was writing at the beginning i was like i want to do this book i've like so many different um summaries of books that i want to start but they all ha- incorporate an element of something I don't understand yet or I don't know fully enough about. Like, it's hard to write from the perspective of a 30-year-old when I'm 21. Mm. So I wanted to do something that was a little easier. That's why I started doing a kid's book. And then when I made it a little tougher, I was forced to research. And thankfully, it was something that, like, climate change, is something that I actually found that I was quite passionate about. Right. So from that, I just, I, I enjoyed it. It wasn't homework to me. So I've just been constantly, every single time I do a draft, I do more research. I make sure my figures are up to date. I can plot a trajectory of what things might look like. Because for a book that's so fantastical, so ridiculous, Mm. you need to ground in reality. Otherwise, people won't really care. Like the best thing, the best thing about fantasy books are like, say like, for example, Game of Thrones. You have dragons, but you also have kingdoms and they work the same way medieval kingdoms worked right. it's grounded and that's something that was it's
0: very important hmm. and he sent you you spent a lot of time researching the book and yeah. just research about climate change in order to have facts in the book and just project what the future is like hmm. what did you learn as a result of your research because i think that's pretty cool like yeah. just researching climate change and um, where it's going like what did you learn
1: i started with ireland right. because I I thought that it would be easy. Mm-hmm. I thought Ireland can't be that bad. Yeah, right. You know, it it was <laughs> the world stage. Like everybody was getting onto like Canada, Russia, US, the UK, and I was like, Ireland should be. You know, I'd say they'd be about medium hmm. in terms of damage, and they are terrible.
0: Ireland, like how terrible? Are, are they like, ended, like high high end scale? Like. Or?
1: <laughs> the um 2019 climate change um index right showing they took research from 60 countries and rated them as to how much they're how much they've developed to incorporate climate change into their uh into their government mm. and out of the 60 countries ireland are 48 48 we're in the bracket that is labeled very low and lithuania your own uh they are third mm. like sweden are first and uh Saudi arabia are last we're ahead of the us but the uk are they've been labeled as uh like above par mm. and it's mad how little we've done yeah, and crazy. how little we continue to do like mary robinson she's an advocate for climate change and she's constantly getting onto the government. The government is doing absolutely nothing. And it, you look at the um, the climate change marches that happened just not too long ago and you have a lot of students coming out, a lot of young people. But it's still not enough. Nothing is being done. And it's it's hard to It's hard to know that about your own country when you didn't even know at the beginning. Like, I did not know that two years ago when I started. I thought that we were okay. I thought that, oh, hey, if I do this in Dublin, it would make sense. Like, we're a part, like, we're away from the problem. So we're like, okay, we haven't done that much trouble. We're just going to, you know, be the shining light to the rest of the world. But it turns out that we are part of the problem and Hmm. we have to be part of the solution.
0: Well, obviously climate change is a big problem and it's not it's not just one thing you need to change, you probably need to change a lot of things. Yeah. And I feel like it's not just the government's fault. It is well, it is the government that should mm. should be responsible for this, but like I feel like it's the world as a, a population as a whole, like Ireland in general, like we should all combine and just yeah. do something, together, you know, to fight climate change. But I'm curious to know like what do you think are the best kind of solutions? What should all of us do individual like what individual actions should we all do in order to fight climate change? Okay. Um, from your research
1: from my research
0: the major problems in
1: this country Mm -hmm. they would be um, vehicles there's such little done about heavy SUVs everybody has a big car and there's nothing to try and pedal smaller cars you have so many people choosing cars like you look at Dublin it's congested every single day. Mm. Cycle lanes are basically empty. Like just in Trinity Hall here, I showed you beforehand, if you look outside, cycle racks are empty. It's... And there's like a gazillion cars. <laughs> yeah, there's so many cars. <laughs> yeah, the car park is full. And <laughs> it's ridiculous. And another major problem is homes. They're, houses being built today mm. are relying on fossil fuels. Mm. Like they're being built now and they're still using oil gas like there's nothing i know you you have to a little bit but like nothing is being done to at least try and modernize our buildings the way the rest of the world are mm. and then you have the agricultural industry which are they are re- notorious a third of our greenhouse gas emissions come from agriculture and for a student that's the problem it's very infuriating because it seems like there's nothing you can do it seems like this is an adult problem if mm. you don't go into politics you can't really do anything well, i would disagree to cause with that
0: but okay keep going uh, yeah
1: no sorry I'm, I'm just gonna get like if the only thing we can really do right now is apply pressure mm. bring about awareness and really create a society that know that this is a problem this is mm. going on and that's that's really the, that's that's where to start i think it's to start local government and i know a lot of people say this but to really really put pressure because
0: i mean yeah mm. well yeah I, I i understand the whole pun pressure on the government and pun pressure on organizations mm. because like in the end it is them who cause most of the pollution but when you think about it like okay why did why are they generating income they're generating income because we are buying their products so what if we just stop sure. buying our products? So for example, you said agriculture industry yeah. is one of the words for climate change. Well, what is the agriculture industry? It's dairy products, it's meat. So like, what if consumers stop eating these products? And that's obviously going to cause, you know, it's going to cause the emissions to go down. Yeah. And another thing is flying. Like flying is so bad for the environment, but yeah, we all do it. Like we, we go on holidays, it, yeah. we, we go visit our grandparents, whatever you do with your flying expenses. But like, basically like, yeah, flying is a, is a big problem. Mm. And, I would say a meat diet is probably bad. Yeah. So like that's, see, that, that's like a thing that we can all work on. Like for example, Definitely. you could also reduce like plastic. Exactly. Yes. Plastic consumption. Watching
1: like, what you buy and just, when things yeah. have just a plastic container for absolutely no reason. Yeah. Like you look at egg cartons and the, the cheapest, they have plastic cover on them. Hmm. Just why? It's so unnecessary. And, yeah yeah just watching what you buy exactly just watching what you're consuming
0: mm. and with the plastic i think it's actually so cool like just going to the shop right you just get your basket you Look, yeah. here's a basket you just put on your apples put in your bananas yeah. whatever you want bananas whatever. in a plastic cover like, but like <laughs> no like if they were all just like free without any plastic yeah. i think that'd be pretty cool like such a such a cool mm. concept yeah. and a lot of shops are adopting that like yeah, i think yeah. super value in clonic for example like they've a lot yeah. of goods that are just loose and you just put it into. Yeah. Your bag or your shopping trolley, and that's it. Away you go. Exactly. Yeah. And did you hear about ocean plastic? uh Ocean ocean plastic cleanup. I think it is. Yeah. So, twenty three year old guy developed uh, a system, a uh, autonomous system that goes around the world's most polluted rivers, oh. and it basically cleans up the plastic. So it can, I think, it can like clean up a hundred thousand kilos of plastic every single day. Wow. Well and it all does this like it's autonomous like basically there's no 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 need for human interaction it just does it by itself yeah and it just it's solar powered solar solar powered yeah yeah and then like once it fills up with plastic it just goes over to the deposit center and it goes back again i think that's pretty cool that is like i think we need we need more innovation in the whole area of climate change we don't need just to you know point fingers saying Oh, that's the government's fault. Oh, yeah, that's the politician's fault. Definitely. I think collectively, if yeah. we can do so much. Like, for example, I was thinking about this idea as well. Like, what if we just, like, let's say you live in, the, in a neighborhood, right? In mm. an estate. What if you gathered, like, all the people in that neighborhood and you, and you went up to the local supermarket and you were like, I want to speak to the manager. And, like, you could probably say, like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to go to the shop unless you reduce the plastic consumption. Yeah, like exactly. simple actions yeah. like that. Like what? What are and what then are it goes up the chain, on? and something's actually done. exactly. Yeah. yeah, like what are your thoughts on you know just individual action, individual that action. we can all take. Ooh, let me think.
1: Um, I mean, that's definitely something we can hmm. all get behind. Um, recycling centers. If you look at how things are recycled, it's actually terrifying how little people know. I mean, you have the pictures on the units that say like oh this can be recycled this can't but if you were to go through it so much is polluted and then the whole bag has be thrown out yeah because the whole like even if there's like even if, if the bag gets wet everything's ruined if there's dirty things in it it, it just the whole thing is thrown out and to really watch that kind of thing just at home mm. just to make sure that things are recycled properly it seems like such a small ink like ridiculous thing but it's the least that we can do. Yeah, 100%. it's it, it doesn't even take any effort. Yeah. You know? But on the back of packets, lazy. it shows you. We well, are. Lazy. We're
0: also like yeah. if you you know if you the package you need to re- look at this. Oh, that's recyclable. Oh, yeah. I need to throw that in that bin. Then mm, okay, that's not recyclable. Throw that in that bin. Yeah, it's yeah. just an inconvenient process, which I think it's why like you know so many people do, especially student houses. Exactly. Like yeah. they're just lazy about doing you know mm. they're recycling or whatever. Yeah. Just speaking from my own perspective, like. I,
1: if did you watch the uh, climate change summit,
0: the uh, world leaders talking about climate change,
1: what they're actually going to do? No. Uh, you should definitely check it out. It's very very well worth it. I yeah. uh, Pakistan, their prime minister, uh, he came out and said that he he was he gave a very good overview to it. It just it everything seems like it's not our problem. It, it's. Every day goes by. Every day is the same. If the weather's different, someone makes a half-hearted joke that oh, here's climate change. You know, it's it's sunny in winter. Oh, we're all gonna die. Like it, but it things are getting worse. If you look up the research, temperatures are rising in parts of the world where it just really shouldn't. Ocean levels, everything. It's ridiculous. And something he said. He said that he uh, Pakistan's research shows that they contribute to less than one percent of uh, greenhouse gas emissions yet they are ranked 7th in the world for climate change destruction. They are going to be hit harder than any first world country like in the west you have like US, just they're going to be fine. If They don't have to do anything, they're going to be grand. You have Russia as that well, they're, they're, they're all going to be okay. It's yeah. the smaller countries that are going to be destroyed like the Philippines, you have um Yemen, the, they are like Haiti. The places that you have all these natural disasters, they're only going to get worse. More people are going to die and it's all
0: because yeah. no one really cares because we don't. Well, I wouldn't say we don't. Like I feel like everybody knows about climate change. Everybody knows that at this you know, point, yeah. We should be doing something. But then I don't see like there's no like I always have this analogy in my head. You know the Coney 2012 video? Yeah and you know the way that was so like when you watched that video you're like right i need to help i yeah. need to do something about this mm. but like i think it'd be so cool to create some sort of video or some sort of message i guess in yeah. the world where people like you give them action steps like in that coney video they said put up posters on that specific day like yes. if, if we just gave specific actions on how to fight climate change because like it's such an overwhelming problem and I feel like a lot of us feel like we just can't help because yeah. we're so small. Like, mm. we so small. Like, we are so small. Like In a world of, what, seven and a half billion people, probably exactly. more at this yeah. stage. Like, we're just one We've small. We've got, what, four and a half million. Yeah, we're just... It
1: seems like even if we do the best, <laughs> it, it won't count, but yeah you have like like global movements such as mm. the the school walkouts the kids did which was incredible yeah yeah you have the uh, climate change marches that went through all the universities everybody rallied behind and it wasn't just a day out of class it was let's actually do something let's really show our numbers and it was fantastic to see and yeah like what you were saying about the the coney. like if you ask people what they've seen about climate change they will all say the same thing that video of the turtle with the straw stuck up its nose yeah and look what happened we all drink from paper straws which is redundant because the cap is still plastic like why do we even need that can we not just drink go into mcdonald's and just get a drink and not need a straw it just it's ridiculous but you drink from a straw i don't like when you go into subway you get the choice of putting it together yourself if you just Mm. choose not to use it there yeah. you go. It doesn't yeah. go in the bin. It doesn't cause problems. Mm. It's little things like that that just they all come together and matter. Mm. Yeah, like exactly, little
0: things. It all adds up. Mm. But like, mm. like a lot of world leaders are saying that you know it's very difficult to reverse. Like we've like fifteen years or ten years yeah. to reverse climate change, not necessarily reverse, but just like stop, stop. Ireland's stop it. If I'm going worse. really bad.
1: Ireland's one of the countries that have actually gotten worse in the last few years. By how much worse? I I don't want to give any research. To, I don't really. I, I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, the numbers, that's fine. we yeah, only want facts in this podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But if you if you look up um, articles, that they all say the same. It, Ireland has continues to pander to these companies that and produce.
0: Why? why do you think that's the case?
1: A major problem now is that our, our agriculture, like a lot of our products for like from ireland mm. are food exports we have such a great beef industry you know you go to any restaurant and they all say 100 percent irish beef mm. because we produce so much of it mm. that's so much methane and for that to be such a large part of ireland's income to just say okay no stop that people are scared that we're going to become a poor nation And then they start saying like, "Oh, it's not even just also all these other countries not doing anything. We're fine. There's only a small amount of us. We're not going to cause that much damage, and we are. And if everybody had that
0: attitude, then nothing's gonna be done." And that's That's a good point you bring up. Like you know, because beef is obviously a big export for Ireland. Yeah. But and if if we stop exporting, like it's obviously gonna it's really gonna not be great for the economy. But like. I think it's a consequence that we should all accept and that we should all just like, okay, fine, we're going to be a little bit poorer than we normally are. But like, because like you said, climate change is the number one problem that we should all be facing. Like that is literally the number one thing that we should all be concerned about. Like fuck everything else. Climate (laughs) change is number one priority. And I think if we had a little bit less money, like I think that's fine. Yeah. I don't know. Do you remember...
1: um... Rex Tillerson when he got when he was uh, appointed by uh, Donald Trump this was this was years ago and now I, he's I since gone.
0: Have, I'm very like my knowledge about politics is very very low <laughs> basically key, so no idea <laughs> he was put in
1: charge of their environmental policy right loosely mm. and he is, he used to be the executive of a very large very profitable oil company mm-hmm. he's put in charge of environmental That's insane. policy like what the hell yeah. When when you look at the uh, the climate change summit and you saw Greta Thunberg the the way she looked at Trump was just it just summed it all up like the US they are terrible for this. Mm. Countries that like India India are doing fantastic work right now. Canada believe they are uh, their prime ministers kind of said that their policy is incredible, but if you look at their figures, they're really not doing that much. They could be doing more. Uh, it's very difficult and it's very easy to just point fingers and say you're not doing enough. But for for a problem that's an, an issue now and is irreversible, I think the best way is to get aggressive over it until everybody just does
0: enough which is exactly what Greta is doing I suppose. Greta yeah. Thunberg, yeah. And he said India is doing good work um and Sweden is number 1 like in terms of like mm, the yeah. environment. Like what are those countries doing? I that we should be in for
1: in terms of Sweden. Uh, they have such a great uh wind uh wind and solar industry. Mm-hmm. They their homes are very well insulated. They rely very little on uh fossil fuels, and it's really just things like that that just sound so basic that we've all already known will help, but not enough is being done you know and it's it's the awareness as to this kind of thing like from my my book itself i I don't. It's not bogged down with research. Even though I did do research, it's not
0: full of numbers. It's actually a fairly light-hearted is it work kind of, of fiction that's encapsulated within the story. I guess or it the is. Research. Yeah,
1: yeah. There are there are speeches. There yeah, right. are marches. There are. Mm, I it's love it's that. that kind of activism. Yeah. But like, not. It's not bogged down with detail. Mm, but mm. what I kind of wanted to do with it is enough so that you, after reading you're like well let me just look up something because it just takes one video or one article and then you read another and then you keep going down it's a bit of a rabbit hole but you end up with so much shock as to what's really going on and it's that kind of thing that I just want people to really really listen because in terms of statistics not many people know much
0: no, it's shocking, and do you know the way? Why the Amazon rainforest, for example, mm. there was a big trend about that, yeah. Like people sharing on social media yeah. about the re- Amazon rainforest burning down, but it's still burning down. Like it's still it's still an oh, ongoing yeah. process. Yeah, and I think that's absolutely insane. Like I know it's not our country. I know, like we probably shouldn't be. Like, I understand your perspective, but like, it is the Amazon like yeah. it's the lungs of the earth like exactly we should be yeah. protecting it That's no matter what something. country it is in like i think it's planet art it's not a country exactly. we're on planet art like we're all yeah. a collective group of people who are trying to do good for the world and just to thrive i guess on this yeah. planet so i don't think we should be you know looking at brazil as just a separate planet like i think amazon rain rainforest- well, <laughs> sorry I'm, I'm going off point now but basically like yeah, like i think we should yeah. really respect the rainforest yeah and have no rules such as you know oh it's in this country therefore i can't do anything about Mm. it i think it's our everyone's responsibility to do something just a a point on that uh what brazil's prime minister said
1: was exactly that that um it's brazil it covers such a vast majority of brazil that it should help their economy and it's theirs to work with and the u.s were giving them so much uh heat about burning it down the deforestation the Mm. cattle ranching all that and uh brazil basically just said like look at what you've done to your forests and it's true the u.s have raised everything that they had they just they, they had they have very very few forest natural forests left but it's not about that that was done in a time where we past. didn't we didn't yeah. know about this yeah. you know we, we yeah. didn't know yeah. but now we know what such a big problem this is and we need places like the amazon to not just not be touched to actually be allowed to flourish and i know that that will that will hurt some countries but it's going to kill all of us if we don't do anything you know yeah, exactly and yeah so things like things like that like what you're saying uh it, it needs to be regulated on a global scale it's not up to each individual country it's up to all of us to mm. watch each other because that's the only way we're going to go forward mm. you know
0: oh, I feel I feel bad talking about this because like it's not it's not like I'm completely knowledgeable in this area but I'm just purely speaking from heart like yeah. I, I probably exactly, don't even too, have yeah. an understanding of you know economics and politics yeah. and how and why they're doing such things like uh, there's probably good reasons why they're doing it or why they're not doing they're it they definitely helping people yeah but I think like i think in this particular case like we should really just trust our intuition trust mm, our heart yeah. no matter what is going on like no matter what policies no matter like how much money you can make from these rainforests or like whatever yeah you're, you're doing harm for the environment i think we should like really just focus down on preventing climate change just making it better as opposed to worse mm-hmm. i don't True. know i think yeah. fuck everything else like really number yeah. one priority exactly <laughs> yeah I I really hope my book does well because
1: just in terms of like when people just hear the premise here like read that there's a free sample of it on Kindle and just for people to read that like in the first chapter I outline all the problems and all the solutions to say like the things that I've kind of just thought of myself but just that would be enough. Like, you don't even have to read the book. You just like, let's can I just say something
0: and Right now, go on your phone and type in if the cloud should burst on Amazon, right? If the cloud should burst. Jack, what is it? If the cloud should if burst. If the cloud should burst. Yep. Type that into Amazon. It's like three euro. Buy it. It's less than a pint and it'll change your life. Well, I don't now, know about that. We'll, that. <laughs>
1: we'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> um, yeah. I... I It's it's my first book, so I don't don't really expect amazing things. But Mm. just for it to to, just generate like a little bit of buzz, I I've already said in the description on Amazon that I'm giving twenty percent of profits to uh, raising awareness. I'm trying to. I haven't picked who I'm going to support, but it it's probably going to come down to college level uh initiatives because they're the ones that are lacking the funding they're the ones with the most passion and they're the ones that are actually going to bring about change 20 percent isn't a lot and i don't expect to make much money from the book itself i uh, my, my number one priority is just getting people
0: aware of which issues is huge yeah i like yeah. the way you're thinking about that not the money part because mm. like like three euro i wanted to keep it low enough that people would want to yeah exactly and are you thinking of putting out a paper version i like.
1: yeah i have been in contact with a uh, number of publishers i'm trying to get i want i wanted to get like an actual publishing deal i think right. that would reach a larger audience that way yeah. and in not just ireland hopefully the uk and yeah so i'm looking into that i don't want to self-publish a paperback just yet but if if i have to i will just go about that myself and release paperback hopefully get that circulating and yeah just see what goes from
0: there i love that i'm I'm expecting big things from you in the future (laughs) and do you have any more projects that you that you want to do like i know you're doing oh i have so many (laughs) like Um, any any other cool projects that you're working on at the moment i well, as soon as i finished up
1: the novel which was just ridiculous to think that I had all this time that I wanted to put into, because it's been two years. I haven't been free for project for two years. So to finally have this window is liberating and I'm apprehensive to go delve right into another project. But like I have so much time now and I'm just itching to start something else. So I'm currently researching uh, to do a graphic novel from more of a serious point of view i haven't really settled on a, a a story just yet but i i'm currently just looking up the uh the tricks of how to make a graphic, graphic novel. novel yeah and my course is really helping with that so something i didn't really think about with english that they would allow you to look up graphic novels they would be on my course like um alison bechdel's fun home if you ever read it it's a fantastic graphic novel. It's a memoir about uh, her relationship with her father. And I'm using that for uh, one of my essays from one of my modules. And it's amazing that I've been allowed to do that. You think English is just all poetry, drama, boring Charles Dickens novels. But it's it's actually very, very modernized. And yeah, so I've been looking at that and it's very interesting so far.
0: Mm. And what made you go into English in the first place? Like, did you English. always want to do English? Because...
1: well as kids um me and my brother and sister we were always given a book you know my parents wherever we'd be going anywhere it'd be like okay come on get your coat get your book get in the car (laughs) and we'd all just we all had this big massive library that we'd all just like oh this book's good read that and Mm. from that we read like a load of classics like um peter pan secret garden heidi pride and prejudice like as kids but like Kid versions of the books mm. because you don't want to overwhelm the kids, and then as you grow up, you kind of go into like harder books to read, and it's it's definitely from that background that I got the impression that I wanted to write. I was never really that good in junior cert. I was absolutely terrible at writing. I couldn't I couldn't describe anything. I still kind of struggle with that, but then I realised that I'm good at dialogue. So books that are like dialogue heavy, like my novel, I tended to focus more on the dialogue than I kinda of gave descriptions more like stage direction mm. vibes. Uh it just worked better for me and it would work better for the book. And yeah, it's really been from that. Uh my siblings, they both read so much. They've done writing in the past. My sister is an artist now. My brother is a mathematician, so didn't work out for him. But uh, we both we all have Uh, such a passion for reading and it's definitely that that kind of became what i would now call hopefully my career Mm. but yeah we'll see how it goes i still have three and a half years left of english um which is weird as a 21 year old but i'm definitely at a point where i can appreciate what i'm studying and why i'm studying it and what i'm going to get out of it and it's already benefited my writing so much and yeah, I'm very, very happy with English.
0: So would you say that's your ultimate goal to become a writer, a full-time writer?
1: Full-time writer, I would, would say yes. I I don't really want to... I, I never really wanted to have one career.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I yeah, think to, that having multiple projects because I'm very bad at like doing one thing and like keep doing that one thing. I mm. think that if I had like three projects going just a little more casually like without deadlines that kind of thing freelance and then just kind of hop from one to the other when i think of something or if i'm in the mood because like it's very hard to do a serious book when you're in a good mood you know Mm. it kind of like you have to like get in the mindset you have to be in that place you have to you know it's certain uh conditions for writing like if it's a rainy day you're stuck in your room it's very hard to write a comedic piece you know you want the sun to be shining you're in like a costa or something like that and you just you just write and it just flows naturally so to have multiple projects to be I, I would love to be i would love to write a script for drama small production film that kind of thing i i would love to do more books definitely i'd say my chief uh passion would be novels particularly graphic novels because i love to draw as well and i would love to do something with that you know
0: yeah like that's another huge passion of yours drawing like i remember from school you're always the person to go mm. for drawings like <laughs> you're always the best in drawing from from our year i would say yeah. so like you're obviously going to integrate that with writing which is amazing because it's two of your passions hopefully yeah doing Definitely. one thing yeah two words with one stone
1: yeah
0: and like what are you what are you doing right now with your in terms of like design and drawing are you purely just gonna do graphic novels or are you doing any more projects like maybe like freelance work with design and i um, i
1: i used to do a little bit of animation i loved that kind of thing mm. i have an instagram page for my illustrations what is it uh jack is an illustrator if you find my instagram page there's a link to it but mm-hmm. um yeah i i love doing illustrations because when i was thinking that i couldn't really write that good i was like i still want to do something with books so i was like okay i could just be the guy that draws the pictures mm. and then i was like okay actually i could be the guy that does both so i would love to do um actually i really like writing for children i think that you can just do so much with that because kids don't question as much as adults do mm. and so i would love to do something like that and just create such a like a wonderful plot, and just go with it and be able to draw whatever i want and just create like a beautiful book i always loved roald al but not just for roald al Quentin blake was an incredible illustrator and
0: yeah I, I would just love to do something like that mm. i think you would love the person you don't know who scott adams is uh founder of dilbert.com i don't know you should look him up i think i think yeah. you like him basically there's like these illustrations and like kind of comic strips I'm mm. a, i actually don't know what i'm talking about he's but i think you'll enjoy him um, and yeah, yeah, yeah. a, he's a cool guy yeah so like yeah you want to be a writer you want to do graphic novels illustrator and obviously climate change yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah and oh yeah definitely i would love to keep going in climate change because that's something i didn't expect from this book to be mm-hmm. such a large takeaway that i would now be so i wouldn't call myself heavily involved uh in terms of like university societies because i'm just back in first year mm-hmm. i'm like low ranks but I, I would love to really do something with that. Cause like, I do have a passion for it now. Yeah. I didn't expect to have something like that. I would expected to kind of just go from like one story to the next and in doing it, just research. And then when I was done with the book, be done with the topic. But I I realized that's not really how writing happens. Every time you write something, it becomes a part of your personality. It becomes a part of what you're interested in and what you care about. And, yeah you can only ever write from the heart it sounds weird to say that out loud but it, it's definitely no, it true you, sense, yeah. you can't write about something that doesn't affect you yeah 100 because it's not that you you have to worry about like oh will people think this is real like it just it won't feel right to you you mm. have to really care like my book only started coming together when i started researching and not just for research research's sake it was because I started getting angry about the things that are going on and that was really a big mm. push and that's actually what helped me get out of that uh, procrastination slump that I actually found myself in. And every single time I go back and do research, it just amps me up even more. Like, this book has to come out now. Things are getting worse. And yeah, I mean, so far, uh, the reception's been good. Not even just in terms of the novel, but in terms of people saying, like, um, inter- like, for an Irish... Uh, it, from an irish point of view it's you don't really find that many things in terms of mass media as suppose like you have like the news you have newspapers journalism all that kind of thing mm. and but apart from that you don't really have like like ireland has such a uh great indie film base and it just it seems lacking in that kind of thing um i haven't really looked into it myself um i don't want to say that when if, if there is something mm. and i I would love to help out that though i would love to uh help i in some way i have a friend who's actually uh just put on a production um it's called minutes to midnight his name is ryan o'donnell and he's an incredible activist himself very passionate about climate change and yeah his his play is incredible and yeah i would i would highly recommend going to see it if you get the chance but yeah it's again that's a student base everything is coming from students because we are the ones that it gets our future the very big thing to highlight in my book that it was the start you have a 17 year old in the year 2035 right now she would be a toddler and the point is it's their future and it's at a time where you really have to realize that none of the, most of the characters, because they're young people mm. in the book, none of them really exist right now, or they're just they're barely able to speak, and that's that was a, that was a serious thing about it, that you stop and realize like the, the ramifications, that like it, it's gonna be we're gonna be adults, then we're gonna be in our what are like our forties, you know, like just starting forty, and it's gonna be tough to bring kids up in a time where there's so much going on and so much has changed from today. And yeah, it was just such a, a very important part of it, you know?
0: And if you could, I don't know, let's just say you could display two messages to the world that, that you wish everybody knew about climate change. Yeah. Like Uh, what, what, what would you, what would you, what would you say the two most important things that everybody should consider about climate change? And the reason for that is because like, I feel like there's always a small, Small, like daily 20 principle, so basically 20% yeah. of your actions produce 80% of results. Yeah. So I guess that's the question. What are the 20% of yeah. actions that will produce 80% of the results based on your research and your thinking about climate change? Yeah. Well,
1: for starters, uh, from talking to people and what their thoughts are on climate change, um, especially Greta Thunberg. There's a lot of people who kind of think that she's a bit of a joke. Um, I'll leave you to your own opinion on her but um, what she shows is very important she's 16 and she is one of the major advocates in the world for climate change it really shows that anybody who's over that age and you care about it and you're not doing anything look at what you could be doing we could all really be doing more if you care about the future of the planet not just our own nation, if you care about the planet and people and your kids and all of that, you will do something because it's already been shown that what you said, a small bit of attention and energy put into this will show a lot of results. And then to say another thing about it, um, I would say just research. Like it's so accessible. You just put in one Google search about Climate change, and you'll get all these videos. I mean, yes, you have people who will. If you write something on it, you're passionate about it. So you have to watch that research is backed up, statistics are shown, because you have a lot of fake news from both sides. People saying that it's not a problem. People are saying that, like, oh, we're all going to die in fiery hell. And you have to kind of find the middle ground to find what the statistics actually show and not go for a public opinion, because opinion can. in such a topic it's it's very dangerous to go for so just do research um take five minutes out of your day to just look up one article and it will definitely change your perception and yeah that is definitely something everybody can do
0: you know well i think it's a good opportunity to close out the podcast but before we do is there anything at all they like to mention to the listeners anything you like to promote anything at all anything i like to promote let me think um buy my book please (laughs) um if the cloud should burst look it up (laughs) amazon.com amazon.co.uk whatever wherever you're from look it up if the cloud should burst
1: (laughs) thanks i think it's um on amazon.co.uk it's three pound eighty it's hovering around there pretty cheap and uh yeah hopefully um people will read I, i always love hearing feedback like that is one of the main things about it that it's only like for someone to come up to me and say like oh i read your book and this is what I think of it it's no matter what they say I'm always so happy because it just means that people actually read like people read something that I wrote it's Hmm. after so long of writing it's mad that people will actually care enough to take the time out and read it and I love when people uh, message me or come up to me and talk about it. it it just it makes me feel like it was all worth it it's great
0: jack thank you so much for coming on it's a pleasure me. thank you i hope you enjoyed this episode if you did it'd be pretty cool if you shared it with your friends or anyone else who you think would benefit from it you can find all the show notes by going to the website chasingpassion.e that is chasingpassion.e thank you for listening today and i hope you enjoyed the episode